Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome back to Feather and Fur, your host, Brad Hurlbus. And tonight we have on Cody and Jacob, Cody with Louisiana Cuisine. Welcome to the show, boys. What's going on? Good to be back. Yeah, it's excited to have you back. Talk on some of the different crazy stuff you guys do down south. Well, I mean, right now we have crawfish season going on. So that's a a big thing that plays a role for us. And I'm excited to talk about crawfish. That's just something that I've never taken part in. Like, I don't know if I've ever even eaten a crawfish, to be 100% honest. And I know you're out there catching them and selling them. So, like, I'm curious to know, like, the whole process, like, how it works. So, I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, you you start with, I mean, a trap and you put bait in it. You catch the crawfish, dump it into whether you you have a hand, you know, a hand hand boat where you're, you're walking and pushing it, you know, a push boat, or you actually have you know, one with the paddle wheel on it to get you going where you need to go. Um, so we're I talking mean, super, we're talking shit. I mean, if you're talking like a push boat, we're talking pretty shallow water here. That you're Yeah. Here. So it's, it's, it's there. So most crawfish are caught in rice fields. Okay. So, so the same rice those, fields that you guys lease for duck hunting that you're doing the crawfish stuff in or is it different? No. So it's different. My, my, my Texas rice field farmers won't let me put crawfish in their rice, their rice farm. Like I want to. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so these Got are, it. these are, these are freshly grown in Louisiana. All right. So um, they're, they're, it's, it's kind of, it's not, it's, you're, you're growing them in the rice fields and whatnot. It's, it's not really farmed, but it's not wild either. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's farming. I mean, you're farming crawfish. All right, we'll call it farm. I didn't want to call it farming if it wasn't called farming. I was kind of thinking it was though. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't no, want to step on any toes and get like local crawfish guy be like, we ain't farming, we're growing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's funny. You but know how it is, man. Everyone's sensitive these days. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. But you also have um you do have wild caught crawfish as well. Uh that they call basin crawfish, which are which are caught, you know, in the basin. In the yeah, in the bayou, yeah. the basin. And um and same those, aspect though. Same aspect, different style trap. Instead of yeah. instead of fishing in knee deep water, you're fishing in anywhere from knee deep water to you could be fishing ten foot deep. All right. Eight foot deep. Same and, type of bait, same type of bait, uh, different traps, but same bait overall, or or is right. wild and is wild just? I mean, I think wild. I think that they're going to be a little harder to trap. It's going to be a little more work. No, so you have to where your work comes in is you have you when you're when you have the wild when you're out in the wild doing it, you have to worry about all the critters coming and mess with your traps. You Got know, it. otters, gators. Um, I mean that's that's mainly otters and gators really mess with your stuff heavily, and then floodwaters you know waters too water water rising and 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 falling, you know because the crawfish have to be able to climb up and get air otherwise they ain't gonna make it. <clears throat> so makes sense makes sense. They um. But I mean, it, it's just like it's just like any other operation, like a cattle farm or chicken farm. You grow them up, you catch them, uh, you, you throw back the little ones, uh, or for instance, like the little ones they they're, they're called peelers. I'll take them and I'll sell them to uh, a lot of uh, stock bass stock tanks around right. Texas. I'll sell them to some high high end game ranches that have huge bass and they want to treat their bass to bass candy. Got you know, it. And I'll do the same thing with those those peelers and sell them. You know, I'll have people buy them to, you know, they'll take it home and feed either feed their feed their fish at their house just to feed it, you know, or they'll they'll use them for bait sometimes. So how big is like like what size of like a peeler converts first like the size of like a good size like eating crawfish? So a peeler would be like a pinky. Okay. And then. A good size eating crawfish really would be like a middle finger or a ring finger. All right. And of course, you got bigger than that. You know, you you get your large your large crawfish, which they're they're cooler and they're nicer, and, and it's a good show. You know, you can show off with them, but they're harder they're harder to get the flavor into. So they you got to cook them a little bit longer, let them soak longer, and also you have to uh, on these bigger ones. You get less. You get less meat. You're buying. You're you're buying more of the shell and, and getting less meat. So that makes sense. I, I can see that. I mean, the shell. Like every, if everything grows like exponentially, you get that bigger crawfish. You're gonna get a bigger shell, which is. I'm, and I'm assuming they're sold by weight, so you're paying for more Correct. shell than at that point. Correct. Makes sense. You might. You know where. You know you you might have a, a situation where you take four big crawfish. And they equal a pound, you know. All right. You only have little four pieces of meat to actually eat. Sure. Makes sense. When, we're, when we're talking, you know, curled up, it's maybe like your pinky or a little bit smaller than your pinky. So we're not talking about a lot of meat. Sure. Sure. And then, so you go out there, your push boats, 
you set your you set your traps. How often are you checking your traps? Like you going out daily, hourly? So there's so you got guys that'll go out and and they'll check their traps daily. You know, okay. sometimes they'll they'll check them. You know, every every several hours they may you know they may run two times a day instead of one time a day. And then you got some guys that may run every other day. It just depends on who's running the operation and and what farm and or what fisherman it is. Sure. So, I mean, so either once a day, twice a day, every other day, but you're not like setting traps, leaving them for a week and coming back or, I mean, you're. Well, so, so on, in the farms, you will, you'll, you'll leave the same traps in the same field and you'll just change, just re-change the bait out. So you'll, you'll run the trap. Dump, dump the trap onto your table where the crawfish go to sword and then put the trap right back in and rebate it. Got it. How big are these? Like, so is it, what do these bolts kind of look like then? I know you said one's got a paddle wheel, one you kind of push. And now you just said there's a table. Like what size boats are we talking here? Are we talking like little 12 foot, like flat bottoms or like, like with a, like a shelf on them basically, or are we talking bigger boats or. Well, so you got, you got some guys that use air boats, use big air boats. Um, you got other guys that use heroes. Let's see. I'd say the little push, the little push, the push boats are probably mm, four foot long. Okay. Four foot long. And they, I mean, it, it you know, and they have, it's, it's like a boat, but take the picture like a John boat, but being empty. And then a um, a handle coming back off the back of it to push, like a shopping cart. Looks like, like a little shopping shop- cart. Sure. All and right. As as the as the apparatus on the back to hold the, the to hold the crawfish sacks, so you can pour your trap while you're walking. You can pour it on the tray, and then it'll and then push it into the trap or not into the trap into the crawfish sack, and tie it up, and then you set it down in the boat, and then once it's filled up. Got it. So then at that point you're in, you're what wearing hip waders most of the day, full on waders and just pushing that boat around and uh hip waders, mostly hip, hip waders. waders. All right. You gotta uh, worry about gators or anything in them farm ponds or no, not on the right, not in the rice fields. No. no. I am down there. <laughs> right, right. That's true. That's true. That's I mean, true. I I think down south, I think a little bit of water. I'm like, there's gators there. <laughs> Especially and then talking Louisiana, you just figure every puddle of water has gators. I get it. I get it. No, uh, there's like we'll go out there at night and go frog gigging when it's season, you know. And we'll go out there, we'll go out there walking in the crawl ponds with you know, in our, in our hip waders or and and go catch you know, a whole bunch of frogs, you know. So that's also fun. That's that's something I've never done either. I've heard about it, but I've never done nothing. I so there's a video going around of a bunch of John boats with a bunch of lights going out. And I've been told it's a bunch of guys like, like frogs, like gigging season opened up. If you guys seen that video, can you confirm or deny said video? I have not seen have the seen video, anything. but frog right. season should be opening up here soon. If it already hasn't opened up. So it's a bunch of John boats. It looks like they're like lined up on a dike and all of a sudden, like they all take off at the same time. They got a handful of lights on the front. Like they look like miniature bow fishing rigs hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, yeah I, I didn't see that you're gonna send right. it over i'm gonna have to check it out if you find if it I, 
I've stumbled into it twice now, which means I'll probably see it a third or a fourth time. So but, when I do that, yeah. I'll send that over. And <laughs> I've seen the one where it's like that, but it's right before they go into the woods to go duck hunting in the morning. I've seen yeah. those as well, but this was not for duck hunting. This was these weren't duck hunters, but I've I've seen those races in the morning for duck hunting. I've also seen that it seems like quite a few states are changing that where they're like letting people like they're staggering them now. Like there's a yeah. I've seen a couple now rather than having those big drag races, there's a there's a law there's an officer there like a game warden or something like that and everybody lines up and nobody can go before a certain time and he lets mm-hmm. them go one at a time and yeah yeah it's getting dangerous getting too I mean, dangerous you got, i mean you got guys ripping through those trees pushing people are like you take a wake wrong and you go into a tree and i i mean there's risk in everything but it's dark out it's cold it's duck hunting <laughs> yeah one of my best friends jared he he got jumped out of the boat in arkansas that had to have been scary because it's not like you got a lot like most 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 duck hunters aren't wearing life jackets. Let's be honest. Not in boats. Yeah, exactly. Kayaks, I do. Like, I'll even unless the river is raging or it is nasty outside. Like, I normally don't wear one either in my big boat. So he he luckily did only because he knew where he was. You know, up up there. So you know, you know what you're getting into. So he played it safe, and it 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 really did help him out. Well, that's good. How hard was like? How hard was it to turn around and find him? Like. Like, was he in the water? Uh, so I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Right. Their whole—I I believe their whole boat flipped. Yeah, there's a video. There's a video of it. There's a video of it somewhere. But Damn. I believe they—I believe the boat flipped, and yeah. they, both the driver and my buddy got chunked out the boat. I'm—I'm I'm hoping someone stopped to help them. They did. Yeah. But you, right. but, but here's the worst part. There were several boats that kept going. That's terrible. Instead of stopping and rendering aid to somebody, you know, life's there, you know, in that type of situation, they they were, were more worried about going to shoot mallard ducks. You're, you and your wife are thinking in January, right? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get down to um, that down to that coast there in so January. I can, I can, I can get crawfish in January. We can do crawfish bull. Yeah, I've never had crawfish before. I mean, I'd be, I'd be like, so what's a boil all about? Like, you hear about it, you hear about this stuff going, like you hear about it, but you don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I mean, stainless steel pot, a lot of water boiling fish, but boil, kind of, I'm sure there's more to it than that. So I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's more like a get together than anything, you know. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big gathering, family gathering, friends. You know, it's, it's a big deal down here. Um, so you, of course, you get the pot. But, you know, and you cook the crawfish, you do what you got to do with that. But, I mean, nowadays people are throwing everything in it. I mean, I've thrown ramen noodles in it. You know, I've, right. I'm, one of my favorite things to throw in is raviolis. She just cheese raviolis. Get a nice hot and spicy uh, mix. And then, uh, or do, sorry, cheese, cheese and spicy. They do eggs, spicy. asparagus. Yeah, they do. They're doing boiled eggs now. All right, boiled eggs is, hot a, is a new one. They did somebody did hot dogs. Yeah. I haven't seen that video yet. Yeah. People do hot dogs, yeah. but pretty much any anything anything that can soak up the 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 juices or the you know the flavored water, the seasoned water. Sure. Um, so I mean, like sausage, sausages. You get the the cheaper the sausage, the better it is because it soaks up better. 
Interesting. Interesting. You know, where, whereas if I were to take like some deer sausage and throw it in there, it's so tightly packed in that casing, a lot of the, the seasoning that won't get into it. All right. Unless you, you, now, you cut it up, of course, right? Sure, sure. I like, to, I like to put it in their hole, and then I'll pull it out and cut it up and put it in its own little cooler. That way it's, you know, separated so you can get what you want to get and don't have to hunt through, you know, two sacks of crawfish to find a piece of sausage. Sure, sure. That makes sense. And I could see that, like, you get really packed tight sausage. It's not it's not easy for that liquid to penetrate, where if you get something that's not packed quite as tight, that skin loosens up once it gets hotter and warmer, and then you just get more. Yep. I get, I can see that. I mean, it reminds me of the first time I made sausage, and I didn't do a great job of, like, getting it real, like, that skin gets loose. I know exactly what, I know what you mean. That Like, that make that make more sense for something like that. So... You know, yeah, we do a in northern Wisconsin up on um in Door County they do a, what they call a fish boil, and it's white fish is what it is. A fish boil? Yeah. So it's white it's white fish, and they basically cut the they cut they don't they don't skin it, they don't debone it. They basically cut the head off and they gut it and cut the tail off, and then they boil it. Um, and then it's kind of like trout. It's pretty bony actually. Um, but like in that they also like throw corn in there. So there's corn that's cooking at the same time with the fish and taters are in there. And like, it's like, it's just a big, it's a giant pot. Like people are like over a fire and like, it's a big thing up there. And like people sit around it, like outside, like 20, 30 people will fit around like this fire, fire ring. And they're cooking all that food for like 30, 40, 50 people. And like at the end, like they could boil it over. So they throw like oil in it to make it boil over to like boil off. It's this whole thing. If I'll Man, be honest. That I'll, that sounds cool. Yeah, I think you were telling me that when I came up there to visit uh, over the winter. I think you were telling me that. It's definitely worth going. Like I eat fish. I enjoy fish. Like don't get me wrong, but white like that white fish is pretty bland. And then yeah. when you cook it, like by just boiling it, like they throw like an insane amount of salt in there and all that. But like the experience was awesome. Do they the at least fish. throw like Old Bay in there or something? <laughs> they, they dumped like a whole bunch of salt in there. I'm sure there's other seasoning as well, but like the fish came out just bland. Like it needed like, like I needed some Old Bay at the table or like some lemon pepper or something to put on it after it, after it came out is right. what I needed. Some, some red, some what Frank's red hot and some lemon pepper. Yeah. <laughs> but the experience was super fun. Like it was just, it was like a bunch of random people because it was my wife and I, and there's probably 50 or 60 other people there. You're all sitting around this fire and the guy's talking and he's throwing all the food in there and it's boiling and like throws like a ton of salt, all this other stuff. And then they boil it off at the end. So they put that like oil in there and like, the, it just like kind of volcanoes out. And yeah, it was cool. So, it, so that, so the crawfish boil is very similar to that, except we don't do the boil out thing at the end, you know? Sure. And then, uh, and I mean, our pots are your standard pot, you know, is a 80, 100 quart pot. All right. You know, and, and you can fit a sack to a sack and a half in it. Um, sack, crawfish sacks are 30 to 40 pounds. You know, 30 to 40 pounds in their shell, I'm assuming, right? And then you cook them in their shell and then you. Yep. It's just like go. It's just like going to the the steakhouse and and tell them you want an eight ounce an eight ounce steak and they bring it to you and if you take a scale it's not going to be eight ounces. Right, right. <laughs> I get it. So, 
everything's cooked up, good to go. Like, how hard is it to get that meat out of the shell? Are we talking like lobster, like crab hard here, or lobster hard? Like, mm, I wouldn't even really compare it to those two. You, you can't. I mean, it's 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 not too hard because like my ten year old daughter can do crawfish all on her own, no problem. So. I mean, it, I wish I wish I had cooked crawfish right now to show you how to do it. <laughs> so there is yeah. a trick to getting it out, but it's not like it's not like crab where you can get all frustrated because it feels like you're working, you're burning more calories than you're taking in, cracking all these bones and trying to rip all this meat apart. Right, right, right. So basically, let's see, because it's going to be backwards. Okay. So <laughs> pretend I'm pinching a crawfish. Okay. All right. Here. Here's the crawfish. Okay. And then you would twist and pull. And now you'd have the tail meat with the shell on it. And then just okay. the head, okay? Then if you're a professional, you suck the head. So you go, suck the head. And then you can set it down. And then you take the tail meat, pinch it at the base of it, and bite it with your teeth, and it should just come right out with ease. All right. As long as whoever cooks it does cooks it right or doesn't overcook it, you know. So you can undercook it and you can also overcook it. Yep. Yes. You can overcook right. it, undercook it. You can you can cook you can have it cooked good and it still be hard to get out. And you can have it cooked bad and it get and it come out easy. It all just depends on the ingredients and what you're using and the cook time and the soak time and the temperature. Got it. The, temp the temperature plays a, a big part. <coughs> so um, soak time you're soaking it before you cook it then no so the soak time so i'll cook it first so i'll boil okay. it let's say i boil it for five minutes right and then well, that's I, it like yeah, i was thinking like this is hours minutes. boil it for five minutes kill it kill kill all the heat okay. then then you'll you'll soak it you'll soak it for 20 30 minutes in cold water that same water that was just and, boiling and the, same water that you cook okay. in because you're cooking in seasoned seasoned water. Sure. Okay. Right? You're not you're not cooking in just bland water. You can. That's a whole other process. That's all. That's all. There's there's multiple ways to you know cook crawfish. Sure. Uh, but the most basic and most simple way is the the old school, just one pot. You know, you put your season in the water. Make sure your crawfish are clean. Cook them. Cook them for five minutes. Kill the heat um and then let them soak for you know 20 30 minutes and then they're good to pour they're good to pour out the the, the pot and eat all right so it doesn't take nearly as long to cook as what i was thinking oh, like, no. i was thinking this is a huge process like no granted the fish boil didn't take that long either but it's a white fish you're cooking like that doesn't take I, I, but i had no idea when it came to the crawfish right yeah no it's the 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 longest part that takes so long is is either one cooking the potatoes and then number two is the soap because you know you can't you can't rush perfection and the problem is like with a lot of uh a lot of a lot of restaurants that serve crawfish that's why people get upset because they're like oh well it's not that good and it's like well you're going to an establishment that has to crank out high volumes of a product they're not going to take have the time to soak it for 20 30 minutes every batch sure you know so yeah i don't it so if it tastes nasty at a restaurant, if you ever go try it, just know probably because it just wasn't cooked the best. 
but it doesn't all taste bad, I promise. In compare, like, I know it's impossible to compare fish or anything like, what would you say it tasted like, though? Has it got, like, a real fishy taste to it? Or has it got, like, an earthy taste? Or Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I mean, it's it, 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 lobster, maybe. All right. The the meat the meat consistency is kind of the same. It's kind of very fluff. It's like a fluffier. It's like a fluffy meat, you know. All right. Um, I mean, if you cook it, if you cook it in plain water and eat it, you know, it's it's it'll probably taste the same as if you were to cook wa- lobster in plain water and eat it's it. It's just a mini lobster. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Because you never know, like, like I was, I, I, we, I went on a sailing trip years back over in Sicily, actually, and I got prawns from this restaurant on the ocean. Like, like, yeah, they're gonna be great. And like, that was one of the worst meals of my life. Like, I almost threw up. I ate half of one. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. They were horrible. Like, it was mush. It was like disgusting mush. Like, it was just not good. Yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't ordered prawns. I'll eat. I still eat shrimp, but I've never ordered prawns again. Like, it might have. It might have ruined me for life. To be honest, for them. I'm gonna look up something real quick on my phone, on my handy dandy notebook. (laughs) Get the Google machine going. I guess my phone turned off. Never mind. No, I was gonna. I was gonna see if I could actually ship crawfish up to you because I ship crawfish around the United States. So, so what? How long is your crawfish in season then? So, for for me personally, I go from July um, from Super Bowl weekend to July Fourth weekend, as long as All the right. season as long as the season permits it. And what I mean by that is because we're dealing with Mother Nature and and wild animals and and animals in general. Whether they're, I mean, they're still wild even though they're farm. You know, they're, they're sure. like an actual farm, of course. Which you know that you're not you're not chopping corn out there, like. Like this stuff go this this can run away from you. Yep, it and it, they do. I mean, you'll go if they get a lot of rain, you'll you know they have that they have that joke. Why does a chicken cross the road? Well, when they when they get a lot of rain, they're all everything floods up over there. It's why does the crawfish cross the road? Because you drive and just for miles you'll just see crawfish all over the road. Interesting. Like grab a snowplow and scoop them up, type type of yeah. Thing. <laughs> uh, you can scoop them out the ditch. You can yeah. you can scoop them out the ditch and take them home. They're free for the taking. Is that legal? 
Like if you yeah. guys get a huge yeah. rain and like you got crawfish spilling into the ditches because everything's flooded out, like random people can just be like, get their net and just start scooping. Yeah, they can do that. Interesting. Wasn't sure like how so with the like in Wisconsin, let's pick on pheasant hunting because we got tons of pheasant farms, right? Right. Like if it's out of pheasant season and you kick up a a Eurasian pheasant because it was planted by a farm in let's say February. If I kick that up on public land, I can't shoot it. Like, because even though it's a planted bird, it's from Europe, I can't shoot it because I'm on public. It's technically now public. Like, it's not pheasant season, so I can't shoot it. If I was on the confines of that game farm, I could shoot it because that's legal. It's a game farm. But if I'm not on that game farm, even though that bird was released on the game farm, ran away, everything else, I can't shoot it because it's out of season. So I was curious, like, is your crawfish season open and people can scoop them up or because they're like farmed crawfish, does it not matter? Right. So, so there's no actual season as far as when, okay. you, can get, when you can and can't catch them. It's just, it has, it has a lot to do with the weather and then the crawfish when, when their bite turns on. Cause it's so, so think, of, so think of crawfish farming as fishing for fish. Sure. They're, they're, the bites would turn off and then the bites would turn off or turn on and then turn off. You know, and then like right now, we're, we're you know, you we're, we're catching, we've been catching a whole bunch of crawfish right now. But now the catch is slowed down. So there's not as many crawfish being caught. And then on top of that, a lot of the bigger ones have started to go back into their, 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 their you know, started to go back in the ground in their, their houses to, you know, to do whatever they're going to do. So do they? So like, do they get far less active in something? I know you go till July. You said right. Right. So like, after July, does like the season? Like, are they doing something different where you can't catch them the same anymore? Or so do you just have so, other things going on where you got where you got life? Well, well, not even, so. It, it has a lot to do. So these guys that are are doing the farm, the farm, the farm crawfish, right? Since it's a rice farm where they're getting it from, they also have to worry about growing their rice. So right now got we're coming to where, you know, you got to start planning for rice. And so a lot of these guys have pulled their ponds already and drained them to get ready to plant rice and get ready for their upcoming season. So what, what happened to the crawfish then? Do they like die? Do they go? No, like, they just, they, they just kind of go on the ground and hang out. Got it. So they hibernate. We'll call it yeah. hibernation. All right. Yeah. God, because I was because I know like they drain rice fields and they plant rice and then they flood them again to like harvest, right? Just like, yeah, yep, just like cranberries in that way where they drain them and then they. Mm -hmm. So, I knew that. Well, I second guessed myself as I started talking, but I did know that. <laughs> so I was curious, like with the crawfish. Then, all right, so that makes sense. They drain it, start planting it, and the crawfish are like, "Hey, my habitat's gone. I'm going in the ground, and I'm going to hang out until like I, until it gets wet again." Yep, pretty much, but. So, so you have that that comes into it, and then also um, the weather. Once that, so once it starts getting too hot, you know, you got to think that water's losing oxygen because it's, you know, you're not having good oxygenate, oxygenated water. So now your crawfish are weak. You know, they're harder to keep alive. So it's just now it's just starting to be on the decline, and things just aren't, you know, going so well. Got it. Is there a temperature thing there too? Like I'm assuming for like the wild crawfish, that would make me think that they'd come shallower and cooler water. And as that warmer, shallower water gets warmer, do they kind of slide back out deeper? Just like yep. 
Yeah. They'll go out deeper. And, and that's what, you know, that's so, so where a lot of these guys that have crawfish farms, you know, they've, uh, some have already pulled their water and stopped farming. Some may go for another month, maybe into July, you know, but they just, they're, they're slowly stopping, you know, as it progresses. But this is now, this is where your, your basin guys, you know, do so well. So a lot of the time towards the end of the season, you know, you can only get basin crawfish. You can, or spillway crawfish as some will call them, because that's the only thing available. And they're going to be the healthiest and strongest, you know, compared to the weak ones coming out the pond that you may be able to find because of the, the, you know, these are forced to be in hot water. So they're forced to be weak. And when, when that sun's out all day and there's no clouds and it's just pounding on, on three foot of water, Oh, yeah. sure and i'm assuming it's got a real dark bottom yeah so i mean that's just another thing there i mean i was out fishing three weeks ago locally and like i was out that saturday and the water temps were 52 degrees but we got super hot like it got really warm and this was in a marsh two and a half three foot deep super dark muck bottom by that next week and i had 70 degree surface temps and that was a week worth of like 75 and 80s with lows in the 60s. Like it was crazy with how early that hit us because that was mid-April. Right. But everybody's like, You're, where are you finding 70-degree water temp? I'm like, have you ever seen how fast a marsh can warm up? Why do you think all that lives in there is carp after spring? Like, yeah. like <laughs> unless you got current. If you got current, whole different ball game. But like you get a marsh without current. Like it gets same so thing, same, same thing with the crawfish stuff is, is the current. You know, they're going to have good oxygen flow, so they're obviously going to be healthier bucks. And um, so, and and that goes, I mean, it, it goes hand, it, it goes hand in hand with fishing. You know, it's a mixture of farming and it's a mixture of fishing. Got it. That's, all, that's cool, man. Like, I didn't know what all went into it. It's, it's, it's completely different. Something I've never taken part of, never really talked to anybody who's done it before. Yeah, if I was if I was a little bit more prepared and didn't just come in from getting off the road, I would have I would have had a trap ready to show you and you know had a little bit more better you know demonstration. Oh, that's all right. When, when you guys agreed to be on, we didn't even know what this episode was going to be about. Like all my episodes, right. man, they're true. just from the hip. Like that if, if my true. listeners haven't figured it out yet, I don't have an outline. Like this is all like just people talking. Like there's nothing like when I say this, this show is like a couple guys sitting around a campfire stopping, swapping stories. It's the truth, man. There's no outlines. There's nothing. We were figuring out this. We were figuring out what we were going to talk about five minutes before we went on air here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That That's what I, that's like. That's the fun though. Like, but that's what makes it, like you said, that's what makes it fun. It, it you know, that, I, that's way better than doing a script. Oh, all yeah. right. <clears throat> Like everybody gets all nervous then. It's all like, what can I say? What can I say? Like we had, no, we're going to tell stories. Like we randomly started talking about how you had a buddy head flip his boat duck hunt. Like it, it doesn't matter where this goes. It just goes. That's the best part goes. about it. Yeah. I love it. And I can talk to a wall. So, you know, I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's crawfish one oh one. It's, it's, it's very simple. Do y'all happen to have, do you know if you have Southwest up there? We've got crawfish up here. I've seen them. I know people, like, I had a buddy that wanted to get in to try to trap them in some of the rivers. Right. Um, I remember as a kid playing, like, trying to trying to grab them, like, in the rivers by, like, by my house. Like, we had a small creek, a little rocky there. 
little mud, like easy to like maneuver in actually. And like, you'd see him scurrying and I tried to grab him and like, I, know, I, was, I was a boy, like I was young, like, but I've never like actually like tried to trap for him or even start like learned how, like never crossed my mind. Well, and, and there, there's actually, so there's different species of crawfish, you know? So the crawfish that you have up there are going to be completely different than what we have down here and possibly All may right. even taste different. I don't know if they, I've never ate them, but you know, it, there's, there's different subspecies, you know, like the, the main, the main crawfish that everybody knows and, you know, that turns to bright, beautiful red when you cook it, you know, that's, you know, that's a, uh, Prelumbius, Prelumbius or Prelumbius clarki, you know, that's the scientific name. Okay. And then you have, you have white crawfish. It's called a sand, like it's a sand crawfish, which look like an alien versus predator. They came out the movie alien versus predator. Their, 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 their claws are long and skinny that look like little knives and they're very aggressive. And they'll they'll destroy a whole population of the the uh, the, the your normal red crawfish. All right, what like your I'm assuming crawfish. I'm assuming that's like you got to manage that then because if you start to catch them in your like in your farms, it's it's yeah. game on and extinction it, time then. Yep, yep. So you start catching them, you pull them right away, um, and and if I mean I've I've had I've seen guys pull all the water out their pond because they, they they started catching them and they couldn't get rid of them so they just drained the whole pond sure drain it start over yep looks like i just pulled it up i from in, this is from 2019 we have eight different species of, of, of crawfish in wisconsin oh wow oh wow but they what but it's but we don't call them crawfish we call them crayfish crayfish, yeah, crayfish. Yeah. we got a y not a w so i mean yeah. But we've got Devil, Calico, Northern Clearwater, Rusty, Viral, White River, Red Swamp, and Prairie. So the red, the, the red swamp's going to be probably the same one we have. They've got the technical, like the Procomberus Clarkite. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's, that's, that's the main one. So that is a non-native species here. So yeah, so that's gonna be one of our. That's the somebody brought that up there from Louisiana. If you'll have it up there, sure. And then the rusty, which is Orcantacetus rusticus, is also non-native. Hmm. See, and I, and I wish I could. This is where insert picture here. <laughs> no, I, uh, but yeah, we can insert. I, we can. Well, it, we'll start talking Wisconsin stuff here. Like, let's do that. Let's. Let me get, I've, this is a whole guide from my DNR. So give me a second. I'll just share my screen. See if I can't get this to work. Yeah, I know I canceled screen sharing because you wouldn't let me do it. I'm clicking on the button. It's like, what do you want to share? I want to share my screen with yeah. the people. I want to share my screen with the world. All right, there we go. So what are they saying? This is the devil. If you guys can see that. Let's see if I can't zoom in a little more. Here we go. There we go. That's a devil crayfish. Crawfish for up by up up by me. So that's the devil. Okay. That, that thing looks pretty big. It does. It's looking like it's it's almost ten inches long. 
And she's thick. <laughs> all right, so with that. So let's let's see what we got going on here. Where's that one? That one's all over, man. They say <clears> that one's gone by you even. Huh? I'll oh, see. It's right. here's the calico. All right, let's find the let's find the ones you guys have so we can see what you guys are catching. That one's pretty north. That oh, that one barely in that Wisconsin. Just, yeah. That one's that one that one likes Illinois. What we got here? What's this one? Here's the northern clear water. That one's that one's pretty light colored. I don't think it's as white as what you were talking about, devil. Or what, what were you called? What'd you say that white one was? So a sand a sand crawfish is what sand. we call it. All right. Where's this guy at? Oh, that guy's in the. All right. So that's northeast. Here's the rusty. That's definitely up there by y'all. I've never seen one like that by here. That one's that one's got to be almost extinct at that point, man. That ain't got much of a range left. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of Wisconsin, a little bit of Southern Illinois and Indiana, a little bit in Ohio, but that's about it. What Tennessee? Tennessee? Next time I go to Ohio for work, I'm gonna go flip <laughs> over some rocks to try to find one. The viral. Viral. Another northern one. Then it's northern mid call it that Midwest in the plains there. And I wasn't expecting the White River one to be like blood red like this, I'll be honest. That's one's Oh, that's in millimeters. All right, that one's tiny. I thought that was 13 inches long. I'm like, man, we're talking about them. <laughs> now we're looking at lobsters here. I never yeah, seen exactly. these around. What are we talking about? So well, that one goes all the way down by you. So, so that that one right there. Yeah. Okay. That imagine the the sand crawfish I'm talking about is is like that, but white. But you see how if you scroll down to his claws. They kind of look like a scimitar or like a little dagger. Sure. They're 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 gonna be long and narrow. Where if you go to the the red swamp crawfish, right here, they're gonna be more short and fat. All right. Like, is there any meat in the claw? Like, looking at yes, this one, yes, there is. All right. There, look, there is. This is, the, this is the red swamp right here. So this is what you're mainly harvesting then. Yes. All right. But that kind of that you, chunky you, claws and all right. You can get some that are blue. Okay. Um and I mean you'll get some that are that'll be that color. You'll get some that are more red than that. You'll get some that are red like the the white river that it showed. Some that almost looks like the calico. That one, I don't even know what that one is. This one is a prairie. Hmm. Oh, interesting. There was oh, a report what... that they released this past year that there is some Australian, I believe it was Australian, uh, crawfish found in South America or something like, or not, sorry, in South Texas. Some Somebody found Australian crawfish in South uh, Texas. Interesting. So. I mean, I, 
So the red swamp has only been found in two stormwater ponds in southeast Wisconsin. So, I mean, we got a lot of drainage retention ponds, so it's only been found in two. So it's see, very... I, wonder if, I wonder if your DNR is against shipping them live up there. Because some, like Colorado, you can't ship, you can't ship live crawfish into Colorado. I think New York's the same way. I would, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if they're saying this is non-native and they're watching exactly what ponds they're in. I bet yeah. I wouldn't be if they might have allowed it at one point, but they might not anymore. Because they're that what the, you know they say they're invasive. So sure, yeah. Anything they call non-native here, they definitely say it's invasive. Like that's an invasive species for us, and we're working to eradicate it. It specifically says the red swamp crayfish has been found in three stormwater ponds in southeastern Wisconsin in recent years, where efforts have been made to eradicate it. Yeah, I don't think I'm shipping you crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait until you get here. You just got to wait till you come down. I've got rusty, though. I've got these rusty ones. Maybe, I, maybe I'll have to figure out how to go find them. I mean, I mean, I would assume go into little creeks, you know. And just flip over rocks, flip over big rocks, and you know I think you'll probably be able to find some. Simplified Wisconsin. Oh, this is the key. I don't even know what the season is on this. I'm like everything. I'm sure there's a season, an actual season. Let's see. You got me curious now, man. I got enough irons in the fire. I don't need another hobby. This is getting out of control already. <laughs> May May first to March first. What? What? May it says accept. So you that can't. Ain't catch right. That thing. Ex so April's the only month you can't catch them in, I guess. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tacovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. It says, except for Wisconsin-Minnesota boundary waters, where the season is open from May 1st to March 1st, 
both dates inclusive, there is no bag limit or size limit for crayfish. So maybe it's open year round. It's not real. This isn't a DNR website not, though. It's not, you know, it's not, I don't think it's really popular up there. I could be wrong, but. I know people do it. Like I've had buddies talk about wanting to get into it. I don't know if they ever did. Um, yeah. Interesting. Maybe they, I didn't realize they were trying, I, to, start their, maybe native species. Were trying to start their own farms, and that's what happened. Uh, no, <laughs> he was talking. He he was talking about um. He was talking about buying the traps and getting out there and getting after it. Is what he was talking about doing. Heck yeah! I bet you that would. I want. I, I, and I'm curious, you know, because uh, if you're catching them in a in a beautiful stream with with you know fresh running water over them, I bet you they'll taste amazing, and they'll be so sure. clean compared to what we get that comes out of nasty mud and swamp, you yeah. know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so it might I'd be better. To to, I'd hate to it compare it like a diver duck versus a puddler. Yeah. Now you got me wondering. <laughs> When are we going up there to go to go catch crawfish, Jacob? Not in the winter. <laughs> we can't go. On, yeah. hey, we can't go in April. It said April's not allowed. It says May first to March first. Right. So no. So no March and That's April. on. That was on the Minnesota Wisconsin boundary water. So like on the waters that span between both states. I'm still trying to find the actual season dates for everywhere i'll have to dig more into that the dnr website can be kind of tricky sometimes nice and then it's fun (coughs) it's fun because you get to meet a lot of people selling crawfish sure it's and you're selling them all over the country I sell well, yeah, I sell all over the country, and you know, I sell to several restaurants, and uh, and then to the general public as well. And then I'll I do caterings, so I'll cater I'll, I'll cater some events, and then I'll do what I call a cooler special, where for X amount of dollars I cook a whole sack with corn and potatoes, and you just come with your cooler, and I dump it right into your cooler, and you take it home and enjoy it. So you don't even have to mess with it besides cleaning your cooler out when you're done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool way to do it. I mean, that, like you're one, you're like, that's one step away from Grubhub. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that I do front door delivery service with the, with the live product. Here we go. So I got, I got a guy and he'll, he'll we, uh, he has the key of soul and that's what we use. And now we load it down. We load his kids all down, and he just zips around town doing, you know, front door deliveries, door, do door dashing crawfish, basically. You know, and he'll take the crawfish, the shrimp, the alligator, the seasoning, pretty much whatever they get from me, because I I try to be a one stop shop the best that I can. Makes sense. I mean. go ahead no i was just gonna say it makes sense trying to be that one-stop shop that way there i mean guy can get get that live stuff from you you can be pre-cooked like 
Yeah. I mean, for instance, this so it's Cinco de Mayo this, you know, Friday, right? So I'm running a Cinco de Mayo special. And um, for $125, you get a sack of crawfish. You get four pounds of Easy Pill shrimp. You get a pack, which is three links of alligator sausage. And you get five pounds of seasoning. So pretty much everything you need to cook, minus the pot, the water, and the propane. Okay. For for hundred for $125. All of that. That's awesome. That's a whole meal right there. Yeah. And that's not a meal for one. No. How many yeah. would that feed? What are you talking? Four people, six people? Uh so uh so a sack, let's say a thirty pound sack, I'd say anywhere from six to ten people, depending on who's eating. All right. So more than four pounds of shrimp. And then on top of that, you have four pounds of shrimp, you know, so. Plus I mean, sausage. So I'd say that deal, if, if you were to use everything, I'd say you'd feed eight, eight to 10 people, no problem. And then once you throw in corn and potatoes, you're really gonna. Sure. You know, you're really, you're really gonna be full. And that's what everybody gets full off of anyways when eating crawfish. It's not the crawfish itself. It's the corn and potatoes. It's the fillers that gets everybody full. No, that makes sense. That's like with that's like with a lot of things, right? Like, like when you're eating, like there's not much meat on those on those crawfish. So I mean, it's gonna be everything else. Like you get full on. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I we'll have to. I have to try to ship you some alligator sausage up there. I think you'll probably fall in love with it. I'm just gonna get down by you guys. We're gonna go down there on the coast. We're gonna check out what that coastal waterfall hunting's all about. Try oh, to get down there in fun. January. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time for sure. Oh, yeah. but, and we're not gonna fall a... in. We're not no. falling. In. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we'll really stay dry. Good. We'll stay dry. Yeah. We won't. We will. No kayaks. Well, y'all can bring y'all's kayaks, but me, I'm trying to stay dry. I'll probably have my kayak in tow, but like I, I will not turn down a ride in your big boat just to make life easy. Like, <laughs> like don't get me wrong. Like, like I know Dusty's in that area, so maybe I'll hit him up for some redfish. Like I'll go yeah, slide yeah. over by him for a little bit, go chase reds and kayaks with him. My kayak might get used for that, but when it comes to the duck hunting side of it, you got a big boat. I'm jumping in a big yeah, boat. I'm not that way. I got a big the, boat. There's a reason I own a big boat too. Yeah, right. <laughs> then Matt Murphy, he's going to try to come and uh, hunt with us. You had him on your show too. I did. Yeah, so we were talking about getting together and do do a hunt when you get here. So that'll be fun. Do a hunt up here on our side and go down to his side. So, so. continuous open season in Wisconsin. I finally found it. Okay. Except for the Minnesota Wisconsin boundary waters, which is May first to the following March first. So it's closed for March and April. I wonder why it's closed for those two months spawn do they spawn when the water's real cold like that i don't i don't i don't know that breed up there right you can't have live crayfish and angling equipment on you at the same time except on a couple of water bodies because i don't think you're i don't only a handful of water bodies you're allowed to use them for live bait otherwise they have to be dead from what i read somewhere else have to have a valid fishing license um Crawfish traps in a trout stream must be the dimensions of a minnow trap. You can use scoops. Can't exceed four feet in length, three feet in width, and 18 inches deep. 
can take by hand by use of minnow, minnow dip nets. And it looks like you can use traps and then minnow traps can be used. In, so it looks like we got quite a few options up here. Then you might have a decent amount. I don't see why they'd write, I don't I don't see why somebody write the rules on it if it, there wasn't enough for somebody to do it. Right. I'll have to check into that maybe a little bit more. See if I don't know anybody getting down on this. I'm not going to jump headfirst into it, but if I, if I can find someone around here doing it to get me some get me some fresh ones from around here though. Right. See what they, at least see what they taste like. Next time we talk to him, he's going to be all about catching crawfish you're gonna you're gonna see me on instagram my whole front of my boat's gonna be filled with traps and you'll be like <laughs> exactly the hell happened to him exactly and i can hear <laughs> your wife your wife now that's funny <laughs> yeah. oh that's funny that's funny i oh man i can see it too <laughs> oh that's what i'm saying i can definitely see you doing it another hobby another hobby fun though and you were telling me when we went out to eat Y'all are not allowed to shoot bobcats, right, up there? We can shoot bobcats. We got a season, but you have to apply for your tag. Yeah. And I, yeah, you got to apply for your tag. And I want to say it's taking five to seven years right now yeah. to get a tag. Get a bobcat tag. What? Yeah. Yep. Ask, ask me how many bob tag, bobcat tags that I had to apply for here. Are they like are they like a wild they're like they're like a, a free for all down by you, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah. They don't have tags. It's it's just like it's just like pig hunting down here. Yeah. That's crazy. Not by like it's it takes years to get your tag and like it's a big deal when you get one. And I've had and how, one do like, have, yeah. how do you have to hunt them? Is there certain ways that you you're allowed to hunt them? You I I know a lot of people use dogs. A lot of guys up here, like, they'll chase bear with dogs. They'll also run, like, bobcats with their dogs. I know people try to call them. Calling is legal as well. And then trapping. So can you – but are you allowed to night hunt them? Yes. Like, with thermals and whatnot? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, boy, can you? I don't want to say yes or no on that because I haven't pulled my tag yet. I know you were allowed to, like, night hunt coyotes, fox, unprotected species. I'm not sure on bobcat. I know in Michigan, if I remember right, you can't hunt bobcat at night. It's closed at night. I'm not sure in Wisconsin to be 100%, though. Which is crazy because that's going to be your better odds of getting one. Right. We're going to have to mark some stuff off this bucket list. Yeah, we're going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to take you on a thermal hunt while you're Yeah, here. We're, we're going out. We'll, go, we'll take the thermals and suppressors out and go have fun. I don't have the suppressor, but I do have night vision and thermal for, for the coyotes around here. So that's a good time. That is yeah, definitely we'll go, a we'll good go, time. We'll go scan fields uh, with side-by-sides or, you know, or just in the pickup truck and go scan all the fields we have, have access to and, um, get pigs or coyotes, bobcats, foxes, pretty much anything, anything that's not supposed to be there that ruins my ducks. They got to go. So looking real quick, electronic calls are legal. Decoys are legal. Suppressors are legal. Night hunting bobcats in Wisconsin is not permitted. Well, Looks like you got to come to Texas for that one. <laughs> Looks like I do. That's why I didn't want to speak on it because I didn't know for sure. I knew it wasn't legal in Michigan because I've got a good friend over there that does a ton of night hunting. He's on like 
he's on the Pulsar team. Like, like oh, guy awesome. just guy, he stacks coyotes. Like I had him on the show, Chris. Like, he he's he's probably he's the best predator on our ride. Like when it comes to like calling and like bringing them in, like he just he's got it going on, like for sure. And I know he was complaining because he's like, I want to do this at night. This doing this during the day is crap. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing though. Like a lot of guys up north, I you know because I watch the videos. And a lot of the coyote hunting is done, you know, either in the morning or that, like during the day, you know. And for us down here, most most all our, our predator hunting is done at night. We really don't sit in, the, you know, in the in the morning time or during the day, and, and call and you know have them come in. I would say most in Wisconsin, like I guess there's two. Like I know a ton of guys here that are doing it all at night now. Thermals, night vision, all of that. We've got some kind of goofy laws when it comes to using lights at night. Like you can't use lights to scan and a night vision infrared light is technically considered a light. So you can't use night vision to scan. So like I have not, but you can use night vision to identify your target and then take your shot. So, cause I didn't want to go too crazy and jump like off the deep wagon for another hobby I have. Right. I'm running, a, I'm running a night vision on my rifle, but then I'm running a thermal handheld for scanning. So that's so so that's exactly before you said that I was gonna recommend that I love to do that. I love don't get me wrong, I have the thermal scopes and everything, but just having a little thermal monocular to scan with is so much quicker. Sure. You can scan so much faster. That thing gets a work that thing's gotten a workout. I've used it for so many random things. I used it to find my deer. I didn't need to, but I just wanted to see if it would work like, when I shot my when I, I shot my yeah, I'm like Okay, it worked awesome. I'm like this is sweet. This is cool. I've used I it to find. I, 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 we're gonna take it out this fall grouse hunting. My buddy might be without a dog for a year or two, just because the way the kids are falling and everything else. We're gonna see before the dog. We're gonna see if the thermal can't pick up a bird. Like that's our biggest thing with grouse. Like hunting over a dog is what I enjoy. Like it's what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. But like I wouldn't hunt grouse without a dog because I'm not sure I could find the bird. So we're gonna see if thermal changes that. Well, I know, I know, I can pick up the in on a in an open field, I can pick up the little birds, sure with the thermal, you know. Oh. So, but I don't know about on the monocular. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Just some different kind of fun things to play with it. That's fun. Yeah. Now we're we're definitely gonna have to have some fun when you come down. We'll do some duck hunting and go go shoot some pigs maybe. Maybe maybe get you a bobcat. Maybe maybe get you ahead of the wait list. Yeah, let you cut in line. I'm I'm game for that. Don't get me wrong. Like like that's not like that sounds like a good time. I've started to I've started to think about seeing what's involved in like trying to get a lion tag out in like Idaho. Mm. That'd be so much. That fun. would be that. Man, that to me is crazy. Going after those big cats with dogs and and how. Uh-huh. I had a guy in my show. That's what he does. Like, and the amount of miles he cuts through them mountains, like insane, the miles they're putting on, like, and I, I want to get out there. Like, even if I can't get a tag, I want to get out there just to experience watching his dogs run. Yeah. Not that you get to see them much, but like you can hear them. And then when you get there, like to have them have like a big lion treat, that'd be cool to see. Could you imagine just having a big cat in front of you, like in a tree? No. no, I don't know how we get, I don't know how we leave. Like, that's my yeah. problem. Like, I got to turn around and walk. I'm going to walk backwards for half a mile. Well, Make sure they following thing, me. 
on that what was that show there was a show where they did a lot of that on with the with the ranchers or the farmers or whatever um you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about there was a, there was a tv show on on discovery or history and they had a they had a couple guys in there that would chase chase the uh they'd go hunt them down with their dogs and chase them off from messing with their cattle and stuff and it was like but know. And there was they, but there's it was ranches all over. Yeah. Babe, you know what I'm talking about or no? Where you uh, it was like a farm show or a ranch show, where like these guys, mountain men, mountain men's the name of the show. All right. So on on the show, mountain men, a couple of the you know they they have these guys that'll go you know scare these cats out, so they you know they scare them out the area. They'll train sure. them and scare them out. But what's crazy is they don't kill them. They put them up in a tree, and then they just leave afterwards. They go, you know, they they scoot, they I guess shoo it away. I don't know. I've heard of farmers shooing things away, but normally like they shoo it away with they shoo it away with a shotgun. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I shoot it away. What do you mean you shoot it away? I shoot it away with a shotgun. Got it. <laughs> That reminds me of the time one of my buddies stepped on an alligator's back down in the marsh. He uh, you to get out of the boat. He he shoot he shooted it away. He he shot it away. All right. That's the (laughs) fastest I've seen him shoot a gun. That's the fastest I've seen him move, and that was the fastest I've seen him reload a shotgun and put another three rounds in it. Hmm. And you expect me to get out of the boat? Or use a kayak. Not, uh, man. <laughs> well, this was early. This was early season. Well, no, it was later in the season, but it was, it was warm enough out. We were we were down in the marsh, and you know, luckily the game. You know, we we were at a uh, we were at a uh, wildlife management area. So after it happened, we I pulled the we pulled the gator out of the water, and uh, let the game wardens up at the front gate know, and you know. They're like, well, what the heck? Uh, well, it came alive, you know. Stepped on it back and it whipped around to bite them. What? What do you? What do you want us to do? Run? Sure. We're in yeah, the water mean- with the thing. <laughs> so I'm assuming, like, at the end of the day, nothing happened. Like, yeah, nothing happened. They, you know, they took all our all our names and numbers down and said, "Hey, we'll get with you if we have any issues." And you know, sure. We were, you know, but we were up front with them and, you know, told them, told them what the deal was and they, they were understand, you know, understanding. Makes sense. Makes sense. They're not out there hunting them, but when you stepped on one back and they tried and all of a sudden it wants to eat you. I mean, like, I mean, that's like the South Park episode. They're coming right for us. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was, that was a crazy. And that, that hunt though, the hunt itself was a phenomenal day of hunting. Is that because you, you had a dead gator laying next to you? No, no I didn't take no pictures. I wasn't, because, you know, if I had right. taken a picture, they had said, hey, you did it on purpose to take a picture. Right, right. So, but I think that day we ended up with the five or six man Luna ducks. Nice. I, I wish I could have got the gator in the picture with the ducks. <laughs> that would have been cool. Well, you're right. That, that, that's exactly what would have happened. They would have found a picture. Like all of a sudden, now you got pictures out there. You used it for self promotion, and things changed. Yep. 
I have to be like, oh, yeah, no. Uh, so we said it was okay until now we see what you did here, and now it looks like you did it on purpose. Right. And being a guide, like being a guy, like being a guide changes everything. Like you got to like, you always like, I'm, I don't do anything illegal anyways, but like, be like, cause I have my guide license now. It's like the last thing I want to do. Like it was never, I wanted to do it begin with, but now I feel like I have to be even more of a steward of the laws. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I hold myself to even a higher level now. You have to. Because not only, you know, but you, it's also because you got to set an example. You got to set an example right. for everybody. Because a lot of this this younger generation of hunters that are coming in, or you know, we'll just say sportsmen in general, they they a lot of them don't weren't aren't taught. You know, they're taught through through Facebook or or YouTube. You know, it's not like their grandpa or their dad taught them, and you know, like a lot of us have learned. A lot it's of definitely- us now they're doing it because it's cool. A lot of people that, you know, used to not think about fishing. Oh, well, it's cool to fish now. So we want to do it, you know? Yeah, the YouTube has changed things. I agree. I feel like there's more people going out just to make videos at, at, like than they are. Like, I feel like they're missing the entire experience just to record footage for their channel. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, there was a dude and, and I mean, there was a video I watched the other day. A dude was fishing and uh, caught a big old bass. He ran in the water with the shoes on and everything to bring the bass out. Instead of just reeling and just keep on fighting and reeling it. Now he ran into the water to make sure it wasn't coming off the hook. That's crazy. And we're talking about tennis and like nice expensive tennis shoes. Not like it was Crocs and, you know, water shoes. Sure. He was wearing a hundred dollar pair of shoes, ran in the water. Just for some views. Yeah. It's 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 a big fish, don't get me wrong, and it might have been his first bass. I don't know. Sure, sure. You know, but that's still. I mean, if I if I showed you guys the video of me catching my PB, you'd be laughing at me because I was screaming like screaming at my wife like a schoolgirl to get her get over here and take a picture. <laughs> I was so excited. Wow, <laughs> what it weigh in at? Seven pounds, seven ounces. And we're gonna have that's another thing we might have to try is beat that. Oh, I know you got some big fish down there. Oh yeah. I mean, we can go put you on some five foot alligator gar. Yeah, five, six, seven footers. You we catch talking hook and line or are we gonna start shooting them with a bow? No, no. hook and line. Hook and line. All right. So might actually, need, I might... I was joking with my wife because I'm like, I'm sick of Wisconsin winters. I want to change it up. And I'm like, you can stay here because you love the snow. Like, I'm going to go to Texas for January. <laughs> I was seriously like, before I even talk to you guys, I'm like, I'm going to go to Texas for January. Then I know some guys in Arizona. So I was going to head to Arizona in February and chase wild quail. And I'm like, well, I'm already south. So I might as well head to Florida in March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can keep the house. You can keep that house warm up there. You'll be fine. Come fly down. Come visit me. <laughs> exactly because y'all are both uh remote now aren't y'all or she's, she's got it she's, she's got it she is 95 percent. i'm 100 yeah. percent though as long as i got internet i can do my job yeah that's nice that's nice because you can do you can do your job out of the boat with hotspot <laughs> problem is like my job 75 percent of my day is in team meetings and i would say in 30 percent of those i'm actually presenting and we use cameras so like they're gonna know <laughs> well, we're, they're gonna we're, know. 
we'll, we'll just have a big green screen. We'll just bring a green screen, you know? Be like that guy that's got that green screen. Yes. <laughs> yes. It would be just like that. What was that noise? Oh, it's they're working on my roof. <laughs> I sound like a duck quacking. Man, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm like got some kid playing a clarinet i don't know and i got i got i got pet ducks at the house what do you mean <laughs> y'all know this guys <laughs> i'm staying at a farm like i mean we got some pet ducks here i'm learning how to call better like it's it's research it's 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 a whole science experiment <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny uh, well, we'll have to get into some of that yeah we'll, we'll have to get into a lot of that i'll be a good I time don't know, i don't know how long you're planning on coming and staying but figured out as that gets closer that's for sure but oh. i'm serious but i'm I, I jokingly talk to the wife but i'm have to actually i am seriously have tempted to drag in the camper down south in january staying in texas for an extended time and moving to arizona for an extended time for wild quail because i'd like to grab a quail slam over there too yeah hmm you know go chase some of them low country birds over there and get full of get full of cacti because i haven't experienced that yet so i might as well experience that too let me uh <laughs> i'll check i'll check the season on on our wild quail here i may be able to go put us on some wild quail too here all right um some bob whites all right and a lot and, and the nice part is to say hey i went to texas and shot wild bob whites not farm raised you know or pen raised bob whites sure or, or they, you know, I hunted. I didn't hunt the the rock. What are they? The rock quail or blue the blue roan or something like that quail. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not much on quail, but they have the. They have the I've, I've been told by people that there's a rock quail, and like they, they chase them around. They don't fly. They just run. Interesting. So. Interesting. Yeah, we'll then, definitely. I'll definitely stay in touch. We're gonna make something happen. Get down to Texas there. I want to check out that coastal hunting, and then there's so much more, like between pigs, bobcats, alligator gar, crayfish boil. It'll be a good time. Oh yeah, It'll be a real no, good time. It's not crayfish, it's crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> Got that Wisconsin coming out of me. <laughs> yep. Okay, it's okay. I actually got. I still gotta come up there. I gotta still make a trip up there for to go to uh, what's that place called? Um, why can't I think of the name of it now? Um, the hinterlands. The what? The hinterlands. I don't even know what that is. It's it's like tip top north. of, I believe, Wisconsin. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, Log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. I think. The hinterland what? is the German word meaning land behind. Hinterlands. Of a... 
there's a brewery called Hinterland. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just what he'd always. I have a lawyer that lives up there, and uh, and he'd always tell me he's going to the up to the hinterlands. You know. Um, the only thing I can think of that it would be, and I can't think of what it's called. Maybe I found it. Maybe I found it. Come on, come on. I should know this. I know the guy that manages this entire organization. Are you thinking about the Barons? No. Okay, because no. we have a specific, we have a very unique habitat in northwest Wisconsin called the Barrens. But I think I've heard hinterland used for other things, like like almost in a way of like the motherland and something, and like in other ways like that too, though. Right. Let's see. I'm going on. I'm going on Jacob's tablet real quick, real quick. To see. <laughs> Cause so he lives in. Uh... He lives out by Thienesville, or however you say that. You got it. That was right. Um, but basically, he, he always says. Highlands. And then, well, he's saying uh -huh. right they're in the North Country Highlands. Uh, I mean, he's not far outside the city. Though. I mean, I know exactly where he's at. Right. So, but he, he goes. He goes north from there up into the Upper Peninsula. Okay. And that's where yeah. you're at too, right? You go up there to hunt. I do yeah. go up I go up there for grouse. I do I do about a week up there for grouse in the fall. So yeah. he's big on grouse and he has a he has a cabin up there. All right. Um and he's there's he he he'll, and I don't know how y'all streams or creeks are, but he's he sent me a picture several times. He passes one called Mallard Creek or Mallard Run or something like that. I don't you know. know how many Mallard Creeks we of... probably have in Wisconsin. We know how many Mallard Creeks we probably have. Right. That's <laughs> that's what I figured. I mean, he uh, he said there's so much water up there, though. I mean, he said there's there's play there. You can go there every day and not touch every inch of water. Oh, for is, sure is what he told me. But, I mean. I don't even i i feel like i looked it up once and there's enough different fishable bodies of water just in my county alone i don't think i could do it all in a year wow that's crazy I'm trying to see and it so help. i'm guessing like the second like the, the secondary meaning of hinterland is an area lying beyond what is visible or known. I'm guessing he just calls his place up north. The yeah, Canada. that's exactly what he does. I mean, yeah. I mean that makes. I mean that I would not expect anything less from a lawyer. <laughs> so I'm guessing he's just calling it the hinterlands. That makes sense, and I think I've heard it used in that way before, also. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get down there. You guys ever want to come up here? You're always welcome. We'll chase whatever oh, yeah. he's in. He's uh, I guess I guess up there by him because he tells me all the time how they have uh, he has to take his uh, like his willy because of how far he is back there. He has to have like rugged vehicles and stuff to go down some of those logging roads and, and everything. Some of them logging roads are, are are ridiculous. Like some of them are not maintained. Like they are old logging roads. 
like old like old forest roads that they haven't logged in 20 years and no one's maintained the road because it was only cut into logging areas so they start to grow over and they get rotted out and no one fixes it so i mean i have everything to sell for cover in my truck for where i go up there like there's no like you ain't getting help that's crazy you you have, and, and do you have survey like do you have cell signal or you got always like some of the areas I hunt have cell signal. A lot of them don't. A lot of them just dead zone. Also, oh, it's really it's you and and you're it. So you're walking everything before you even think about driving it. No, I just send it. <laughs> I mean, if I figure if I get stuck and I haven't aired down yet or anything like that, like worst case scenarios, I'm gonna get muddy and I'm gonna air down. I've got traction boards, I've got straps, D links that come along like. If I got stuck, like just in regular highway mode, I should be able to get myself out by airing down and using the equipment I have. Right. So that's how I look at it. I won't air down to get somewhere. Like I won't go like that. Like if I like if I have to air down to get somewhere, I'm not unless there's another vehicle with me. I'm not doing it because at that right. point now you're really in trouble. That is, yeah. No, I'm good. Uh, good. I'd rather play with the alligators than have to be stranded. Yeah, I've thought about it. Like in the back of my mind, I keep thinking about grabbing like a like an in-reach explorer or something like that, so I could always send an SOS. Get you a flare gun. I got one of them in the truck. But honestly, like even when you get like way far back. You're normally not like I can get way far back up there and I'm still not necessarily all that far away from some random like because you can camp on that national forest upland up there. I run into campers all the time. I mean, okay. there's logging trucks going around up there. I mean, even if like you get off the main logging road and you go down this crazy road, I mean, you're not a hundred miles back into anything. You're two miles back in, maybe at most, maybe only a mile and a half. Like it's not the end of the world to walk back to like the main logging road. Like you might be waiting on someone for a hot minute, but it's not like you're so far back in there. No one's ever going to find you. Have you put a winch on your truck yet? I have not. I've not. I haven't, I've got to come along and I've never like, I have traction boards. I've got to come along with the way I drive and my, and like how safe I actually do. I haven't needed either. So, like, to me, I just really don't see the need for a winch because I've never even needed my traction boards, oh, let okay. alone, like, my cut like my come-along or anything like that. I figure I start putting dumb stuff like that on there, I'm going to wind up needing it because I'm just going to push that much harder. That's that's true. That's so, if I just true. pull over once it starts to get gnarly, and then we just put boots on the ground and walk in is what we do. Okay. So, are you on in any, like, grouse hunting clubs or anything? No. All public land, no clubs. I mean, I'm part of the, I'm part of the, like, I pay a membership to the Rough Grouse Society, but that's just a nonprofit that advocates for healthy forest and timber and cutting and like logging and but management plans. They put on events. The, they uh... do. They okay. do. So they put on like banquets to raise money. They're like, it's like Pheasants Forever or Ducks Unlimited, right? Like they're not holding like hunts or anything like that, but it's for conservation. They're raising money. It's like, help like the DNR, like the Wisconsin DNR help. They've got land conservation people. They've got ma people with management degrees and they help the state. So I try to help advocate for the hunters to create a good management plan where like logging's going to be beneficial for all species. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, I have. Like I said, I've never done the grouse thing, um, but it, it, a lot of guys like it. A lot. I mean, there's a lot of y'all up north that just love it, and so I'm one day I'm gonna go try it. You're always welcome to come join me. I'll do my best to get you on birds. You might shoot a lot of trees. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> close quarters there. Yeah, this for grass hunting. Oh yeah. Yeah, don't be afraid to shoot a tree. Like if you know, if you wait yeah. for the perfect shot, you ain't gonna have many. Mm-hmm. They fly fast, and like the way they, they're like little mini fighter jets between those trees. They're just like I can't I, count the number of pine trees. Thousand. <laughs> so it's like shooting teal in the timber. Faster. Yeah, yeah, but faster and a rise, and they're not coming towards you. They're they're flying away from yeah, you in the most defensive, yeah. in the most defensive pattern you can imagine. And then finding them, like you said, finding them's hard. Yep. That's why, that's why I'll, I'll, I personally, for me, like I I can't see doing it without a dog because I hate losing a bird. Like that really kills me inside. Like I don't like shooting something, watching it go down, and not finding it. Right. So. I've lost a couple with a dog even like it just like she couldn't find it. Like my lab was better than my grip. I'll, I'll say that like my, but I really did a lot when my, I rescued her at six and I just never got into the dead bird search with her. Like we just never really got to that point of training that I wanted to with her. So that's on me, not on her, but I did a lot of that with my lab and I always trusted he'd find my birds, but like I've lost a couple like throughout the years. I mean, it happens and it's just like, it kills me. Like, it, like, ruins my day, like, losing a single burden. Like, I know it doesn't yeah. affect all people like that, but for, for me, it does. Well, because, I mean, it's challenging. From from what from what I've been told, um, from what I've been told from, you know, from my guy up there is, I mean, he said, you may go out all day and maybe only shoot three. If And, and three's a good day. Three's a good day. Three's a you real know? good day. I mean, when I first started, there was a couple seasons where I maybe only shot three all season trying yeah, to, and I was still trying to figure it out. And I'm still crazy. trying to figure it out. Yeah, he does. He's, he's He sent me some stuff. He'll, I guess, I don't know. Again, I'm not up there, but I guess they do with the grouse. They do a deal with kilts or something. They, one of the deals he's on where they, they wear, everybody there wears kilts to the the event. I don't know. Cool. I've never heard of that. It wouldn't. It, it wouldn't surprise me. It could be like a group of his friends that started doing it. Like I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll tell you this. I don't walk logging trails. Like I'm deep in the bush and different places I hunt. You'd have like you'd have scars. Like I wear upland pants for a reason. Like right. like like there's no way I'm wearing a kilt. Like I'd have no, to no, my no, legs. They're not. They're not hunting in kilts. Oh, all right. <laughs> they're wearing the kilts to, I guess, one of the the uh, the banquets. Interesting. I guess they were to to one of the banquets for for um for grouse. Society. All right. So yeah, he's 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 really big in. He, I mean, he's really big in the grouse hunting. Like he's. I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I'd say he's as big into it as I am duck hunting. That's awesome. That is all. That's. We'll have to get you up here so you can check it out. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be fun. It's a good that's time. Good. It's a real good time. Well, I'll give you a couple minutes here. Why don't you let everyone out there listening know how they can get a hold of you if they want to see if they can't get some fresh crawfish ship, shipped over to their state. 
All right. So you can always shoot me a text or give me a call at 281-702-9025. We're on Facebook. You can look us up at Louisiana Cuisine. Um, we have multiple locations. We have one. We have uh, a Dallas location, a Hallettsville location, a Tomball location, and a um, Abilene location. So we're all over Texas. Um, Facebook, you can find us on. It's that simple. Perfect. And everyone listening, I'll make sure all that's linked in the description for the show. Make it real nice and easy to find them on Facebook. Get a text over to them and see if you can't get some of that fresh crawfish to your state so you can see what that boil is all about. Do one at your house. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. It's been fun chatting chatting crawfish. Not crayfish, crawfish. I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun hey, chatting hey, about that. Going to be on your butt because you're going to be like, no, it's crayfish. <laughs> but what the hell's a crawfish? <laughs> you know, they crawl. They crawl backwards. It's a crawfish. <laughs> That's you it. Remove the L. The crawfish. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, appreciate you guys coming on tonight. It's been fun chatting. Always, my it's always a good time. To all my listeners out there, thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep chasing that experience. Offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.